Welcome to the Marketing Tips for Doctors podcast, where you'll discover the secrets to attracting more patients ready to schedule their first appointments to grow your practice without spending hours and hours away from your practice or home. Hear how to boost your online presence, develop a strong rapport with each one to increase patient compliance while adding value and growing revenue. Now, here's your host, Dr. Barbara Hales, America's leading medical strategist. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors. I'm your host, Dr. Barbara Hales. Today, we have with us Marlene Sharp. She is a TV and film writer, a producer, a creative executive, and a proprietor of Pink Poodle Productions, which is an entertainment consultancy and home of sassy, Bijan Poodle Star, Blanche Dubois Sharp. <laughs> and for those people that are curious, it is Bijan Poodle Mix. Marlene serves as head of IP strategy and acquisitions for Rainshine Entertainment and is executive producer of Rainshine's family friendly film trilogy, Young Captain Nemo. Among other roles, Marlene is mentor to the neurodiverse adult animation trainees of the Center for Learning Unlimited in LA and its sister cartoon studio, Brainstorm Productions. Marlene has a career history of creative work with merchandise-driven character brands such as Sonic the Hedgehog. Who doesn't love that? Yokai Watch, Postman Pat. Pink Panther, Power Rangers, and Saint Saya. She has a Master of Fine Arts degree in musical theater from San Diego State University. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Marlene, Pleasure to be here. And we're happy to have you. Marlene, are there any low-cost, relatively easy film TV marketing tips that also apply to marketing for health professionals? Yes, I think a good place to start is social media. And I was looking at your previous episode offerings and noticed that you've had a few guests on previously to talk about creating videos and having compelling social media presence. So uh, I'm here to support what those guests said and hopefully build on that. But that's something that's accessible to everybody, and it's low to no cost, and you can get started right away. That's always very helpful. What do you think is the number one rule of business marketing? For me personally, that would be kindness and be nice to everybody because you never know where an opportunity will come from. It could come from the most unlikely place. And so if you're nice and respectful to everyone, then you're always ready for those opportunities to come your way. And it's the golden rule, right? It's just something so simple as that. And then I also find that having a sense of humor is helpful. Also having a dog, (laughs) as I do with whether or not you should have a dog as your business partner is questionable, but having a dog really does open up a lot of other possibilities because you meet people that you might not otherwise 
fun to contact with. And I have several examples of that. The downside is speaking when she's not spoken to, <laughs> not mentioning <laughs> any names. Blanche, <laughs> that's you. I think so. that's true. Even around my own neighborhood, I walk around with my dog and we all know each other. We may not know our names, but we all know the dog's names. It may be Blanche's mommy or Halo's mommy or mm -hmm. dad, but it gives us the opportunity to speak to people that would otherwise be invisible. Oh, absolutely. And one of my best dog mom friends is a publicist who lives in our complex. And she and I would not have met if it hadn't been for our two little fluffy white dogs. And we met several years ago. Yes, I'm talking about Ella. Yes, your friend Ella. And um, we have collaborated on many projects. And some of the tips that I'll share today will even be from her. Her name's Deborah Gillels and her dog is Ella. And yeah, that's a dog, dog connection right there. So I'm talking the talk and walking the walk. <laughs> So for all of you out there that may be on the fence regarding getting a furry friend, you may want to reconsider it, make it be good for business. Absolutely. In addition to that, your tip about always being friendly works very well for networking, which is great in terms of getting people who are interested in referring to you as well as getting to know you and you know, like maybe using you themselves. Yes, absolutely. And also in the entertainment business, especially, there's a lot of upward mobility and changing of the guard, a lot of a turnover at companies and so forth. And so today's production assistant could be tomorrow's studio head. And also the sons and daughters of famous people often start out in those lower positions and not a great deal of fanfare is often made about it. So it, it's to a, to your advantage, especially if you're trying to schmooze people in Hollywood and Hollywood meaning the global entertainment industry, because it's not just here, but it does serve you well just to be respectful of everyone because you never know. That's really interesting. Marlene, how is it that you got involved in this? How did you get your start? I think that I was born this way. I <laughs> always felt like I was born to the wrong family in New Orleans, Louisiana, which is where I'm from. I don't remember a time where I wasn't obsessed with film, TV, show business, performing, and so forth. And it certainly didn't come from my parents, who are a retired teacher and computer programmer, respected. But yeah, I was just always interested in it, in the business. And I also, my parents did take me to a lot of children's theater in New Orleans. There was a good deal of community theater. And so at a young age, my mom and my mom enjoyed it. So we would do that together. And so I guess that's where it started. And it just got way out of control <laughs> as I got older. And, and then eventually I moved from New Orleans to first move to California was to San Diego <clears throat> for graduate school. 
excuse me. So I have a an MFA in musical theater. And then gradually I moved up the coast, I moved to Orange County for about a year, and then moved up to Los Angeles, where is oh, it's the place that I always wanted to be. And I've been here for quite a while now. You certainly have a lot of exposure to this field and a lot of experience. How might a doctor in or other health professional pursue TV and film appearances? There are many doctors that may feel, in addition to seeing patients, they'd like to get a spot on TV so that it gives them a perceived sense of celebrity or perceived authority in their field that they might not ordinarily have and to a wider audience. So what would you say to these people that would like to look further into it? So there are a few suggestions and just note that there's not a secret sauce or a magic bullet. Oh, At darn. least I don't have it. <laughs> oh, darn. I, I don't I wish I had it. Otherwise, I'd be uh, you'd be hearing my name in the Oscar nominations that came out this week. But one one thing that is helpful is to take a class, a class in on camera hosting or commercials. I would say that's a good place to start. And if you're in Los Angeles, you can look on any street corner and pretty much find one of those types of classes. If you're not in Los Angeles, there are so many online options that that you can look into. And then in the alternative, if you really want to be cautious about starting out, you can look on YouTube and there's there are a lot of YouTube and TikTok tutorials on on-camera presence and it'll depend the the techniques that you want to focus on will depend on whether you want to play a character as perhaps you would like to play a doctor in a TV commercial or TV show, as opposed to being a talking head, a pundit, an authority figure on a nonfiction or a news program, something like that. So the approaches are, are different. So I would say familiarize yourself with on-camera technique. Sometimes people will try to seek out an agent right away. And that's, in my opinion, is more like a middle step. It helps to have some, something, some background in, in the on-camera performance, because otherwise, if you start going on auditions, let's say, or even if you get booked on a show, whether it's a local news show or something high profile, like the Today Show, it, there will be an adjustment period because it's quite overwhelming to be on set <laughs> with other experienced people under the pressure of lights and and bills and budgets and things like that come into play. It, it sounds trite and easy, but I say research and try to get some practice in on-camera technique. And then also, the another benefit of classes is that you can network with other students and the teacher. And chances are good that the teacher is someone who is practicing the craft. And oftentimes agents and or managers or casting directors teach classes. And I find that those are the best teachers because you're networking right away. And actually, I've gotten a lot of good opportunities from taking classes with people who are already in casting or that aspect of the 
business. I I tend not to want to take classes from somebody who's just a good actor, air quotes, because it's not going to get it's not going to get me anywhere except more competition. So sorry to my fev- fellow actors who teach, but my recommendation is to look for somebody who could potentially hire you. And then and then there is another resource. Oh, there there are several resources, but one that that I recommend, and it's relatively inexpensive to join it. It's called Actors Access, actorsaccess.com. And you can, you need to submit a profile. So it's similar to applying for jobs, but you can put your professional picture and your professional resume onto Actors Access and submit yourself for consideration for various on-camera roles. Some of them will be, you can submit to what, whatever you want when you're on there, but some, there are quite a number of projects that would want a real doctor. When the TV series ER was popular, during that time, I, during a short window of time when it was on the air, I worked for a talent agency and we would get these submission requests from casting saying that they wanted real doctors to play various small roles. And sometimes it was a real doctor or a real nurse, real people. Real people casting is a thing for commercials, TV shows. And not everything that happens in... And I should also preface this by saying that if you do not live in Los Angeles, it will be harder for you to actually do these roles or do these jobs because most of them are going to be based in Los Angeles. Some of them that there are some casting calls that happen in in different regions and you can you can research that on the actors access website and and then sometimes there will be a request to submit for a role where they're asking people to record themselves and send in a video audition but then if you get the role then you might need to fly somewhere to do it and the production might not have a budget for you to stay in a hotel and all the bells and whistles that go with travel. But anyway, it's definitely worth checking out actorsaccess.com. And then also just LinkedIn, just keeping your LinkedIn profile current with a good picture that represents your personality and how you want to portray yourself. If you if you are a, a funny doctor and you want to try out some stand-up comedy material that's based on being a doctor, you that's one kind of persona as opposed to someone who wants to be taken seriously as an expert or a pioneer in some field where you're going to be on various TV shows pontificating about your inventions and discoveries. So yeah, I would say LinkedIn is a good place to start and then look into act a subscription on Actors Access. Was there? There is a very active comedian that does a lot of TV roles that is, in fact, a doctor that most people wouldn't know, even though he does play doctors. Do you remember his name? Yes, that's Ken Jong, and Ken Jong hails from. I don't know if he's originally from New Orleans. His family is Korean American, but but when I lived in New Orleans. I I think or I was back there visiting or something. I the, my memory is fuzzy, but I think I judged a stand-up competition that he was in <laughs> years ago. 
And yeah, he was a doctor at Oxnard Hospital in New Orleans. I'm not sure what his specialization was. And I think his wife is a doctor too. And I think she still practices. They live in Los Angeles now. But yeah, Ken Jeong from The Hangover and what else? He was on Community, I think, the TV series. But yeah, he became famous with The Hangover movies. And he's the host of The Masked Singer reality show. So yeah, he's done very well for himself as a comedian. And I guess as a doctor, too, because he did that for many years. But I guess in... Making that transition, you're not going to see him in a doctor's office or a hospital anytime soon. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> visiting patients just to make them smile and <laughs> entertain them for a few minutes. But I don't think, I think it's been a long time since he's practiced medicine. Giving us the name of uh, Actors Access is a wonderful tip. And certainly something that a lot of my listeners uh, will look into. I, I probably will look into it myself. Yes, I recommend it. And I personally, as an actor, have gotten many great opportunities from it. And it's the same tool that agents use to electronically submit their clients. Now, agents also have the schmooze factor where they can call up casting or directors or whatever, and then they pitch their clients that way. But it's the same service that regular folks can submit to it and agents. It's all the same service. The only difference is that the access, there's limited access for regular folks who subscribe. So I think it's not expensive. It's like maybe $65 for a one-year subscription. And only certain roles are opened up for submission to lay people actors. And then there's the premium subscription, which was is quite a bit more expensive what the agents and managers pay for. And then you also have to show proof that you're that you are actually an agent and you've got a you've got a legit business and everything but they pay a lot more but still some of the same roles especially if they're hard to cast certain age groups and ethnicities and areas of specialization are hard to cast and especially nowadays with authenticity being so important in a variety of areas age ethnic background religion of various things that there there is a focus on getting the casting right as far as having it be authentic to representation of a certain group so i think that would make the opportunities steadily increasing for just lay people who are who are submitting themselves a bona fide agent is unlikely to take newbie isn't it isn't that true and how experience do you have to be before an agent will look at you and take you on? It depends. In Los Angeles, it's there are tons of agents, but it is, in my opinion, tougher to get an agent here because people from all over the world come here and try for that. But if you live in a, a medium, small, or yeah, medium or small size city, there probably are agents in your area if you're in Dallas or even New Orleans, because that, that, that's where I got my start when I was in college. I, that was when I got an agent. And I didn't have a lot of 
on-camera experience other than what I had done in school at that at that time. But I I did interview there were a few agents there and there was a lot of location shooting that was start it was starting to happen in New Orleans. And then also there there are local commercials and things that happen, you know, even if you're in a small market and you don't have Hollywood productions coming out there to shoot on location, there will be some mom and pop businesses that need commercials or whatever, print work or whatever that is accessible to you. And so there should be opportunities relatively close as long as if you're in an area that gets internet <laughs> you should be relatively close i would say within driving distance of some place where you could go to audition for things but the great thing about the internet is that a lot of the casting does take place online now self taping and submitting video and audio files is quite commonplace but that only gets you to a certain part of you get, at a certain part, at a certain point, the director or the client wants to meet you <laughs> and you'll have to do the filming. And not every production has a budget to bring people in from other places. But there are regional agents and managers. So that's definitely worth looking into in your area. And it's helpful if you have some experience, but I will, I would not say it's necessary even in LA, because when I worked for the talent agency for a year, it was a very interesting learning experience because those were the days where people still would drop off or mail in physical photos and resumes. And we didn't have online submissions at that time. And an assistant and I would go through the submissions. And a lot of times people would just mail a photo of their cute little toddler and with their measurements and their age or whatever. And if the baby was cute, I would show it to the kid's agent. And sometimes they'd be like, yeah, bring him in. And with the child, the expectation is pretty low. Up until <laughs> you're age 18, um, you can get by with a lot less experience, especially if you're good looking. <laughs> and if you're good looking, you can coast on your looks, but pretty much for your whole life. We were always on the search for good looking people, even with no experience, like super good looking people who could do print and commercials. And then, and then sometimes somebody would submit to the agency and they would just be something that we knew we needed. Like we would had we would have seen maybe a lot of casting calls for, let's see, maybe African American men who could ride horses. And we'd get an actor who was like a, a, a an expert equestrian, and he was between this age and this age. And we knew that we had gotten some calls or seen some breakdowns. That's what the casting calls are are called breakdowns. We'd gotten some breakdowns like that and we didn't have anybody. So somebody like that comes across our desk, well, let's call them in. And then we would have them in for an interview. So it's worth a shot. It's definitely worth trying whatever because you, you never know. And, and also it, it's important to emphasize your special skills, which being a doctor most definitely is. <laughs> and there's so many procedural show medical procedural shows and legal procedural sh shows and and then nonfiction 
magazine shows, true crime shows, where I think it would be very helpful to have a real doctor playing supporting roles. One thing that comes to mind is, I think it was on Hulu, it's called Dr. Death. It's a podcast that each season is about heinous crime (laughs) committed by a doctor, I hate to say, but it's a compelling listen. So I highly recommend the podcast, but it was made into a scripted series. I think it was on Hulu or maybe Peacock. I'm not sure, but I saw it. I loved it. Alec Baldwin starred in it and Christian Slater. And um, the story, what's shown on camera, it goes very deep into surgical technique and this crazy doctor played by Joshua Jackson who messed up his patients. And it's a, it's a true story. And they they have the doctors, they show them a lot in surgery and there's a lot of dialogue about what they're doing and what went wrong and the blood spurting out and whatnot. And I just think some of those supporting doctor characters must've been real doctors and nurses because it's just easier for them to to look comfortable in that kind of a setting and to deliver the lines that are very technical. They understand what's going on. And the same is true with lawyers and other professions and other thing, other special skills that can get you cast very often. I once got cast in a commercial because the casting call was for ugly sleepers and I am hideous when I'm asleep. This is not a talent that many people have. And would you know this? I know. I know that I'm an ugly sleeper. I know. And so I was. I had an agent at the time. My agent submitted me. But I just walked in there so confident because I was thinking nobody's going to be an uglier sleeper than me. And sure enough, I I got cast. You never know the weird the weirdest talent that you have could land you in some kind of. Uh, highly desirable acting role or uh, related opportunity. Just just an aside, what is an ugly sleeper? <laughs> Maybe you've heard of ugly crying. It's right. an, an ugly, Yeah, and then you just look unattractive. And it's someone who, when sleeping, you know, I'm I snore, so I'm a mouth breather, and and I didn't have to. I know this about myself from a variety of experiences (laughs) through the years. (laughs) And I'm able to ugly sleep on cue. Some people can cry on cue. I can ugly sleep on cue. And by golly, I I used it. I don't think I had told my agent ahead of time that this was one of my skills, but they must have sensed it at the agency. And uh, it was for now. It was a Robitussin commercial, so it was a nice a nice opportunity. I'm glad. I, I assure you that even the most obscure and even something that you, if you don't feel comfortable with something, they're probably call for it somewhere down the line. If you have something about yourself that you're not happy with, I could almost guarantee that there's a role that would call for it. Yeah, take lemons and make lemonade. That's another of my life's philosophies. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you offer consulting services? Yes, I do. So I do have a background as an actor. And I know we've been talking a lot about acting and on camera stuff today. I have coached people on that before. But lately, for the past few years, most of my consulting has been about 
writing and producing and also developing. So developing content uh, suited to a, a personality like a either an actor or who's like a an expert in a certain area. I have a lot of experience developing shows for kids and families and anim- animation and and so writing scripts and preparing the materials that it would take to go into a network or streaming service or studio and pitch your project to potential stakeholders, whether it's a distributor or an investor or something like that. That's mainly the type of consulting that I do nowadays, but I'm flexible and always love to meet new people and see if there's an avenue for collaboration. So yeah, the answer is yes, I do consulting. How do our listeners find you? My website is pinkpoodleproductions.com. That's pinkpoodleproductions.com. And also, I am a maniac on LinkedIn. I'm just Marlene Sharp on LinkedIn. And please link with me. I also moderate the Women in Animation group, the LinkedIn group that's for networking. And we have about 20,000 members. And it's great if you're interested in animation. And even if you're not, visual it, visual effects, art, graphics, we talk about all kinds of things in that forum. And, and then, yeah, you can Google me and find probably a lot of other places where I live online because I'm very active on social media for business purposes. I'm not going to spout off about political views or anything like that. I'm all show business all the time. So that's great. It has been an absolute delight having you on the podcast today and speaking to our listeners, giving them some wonderful advice. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be here. This is another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors with your host, Dr. Barbara Hales. Till next time. Thanks for listening to Marketing Tips for Doctors. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Press the subscribe button so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about the show. Join us on marketingtipsfordoctors.com for replays and more resources to help grow your practice, strengthen your brand, and dominate your field. Remember, you are one tweet from greatness. Greatness.